What you need to know being brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. And hey, Morongo, I really like your TV commercial. I like the couple driving out in the convertible, the nice dinner, gaming. Very nice. Good commercial. Here's Laura at UNEEQ underscore. Follow her. Please do. Scott Follow angling me. to get in the Morongo yes, commercial. I, yes, exactly me and Clinton right. looked at each other. We're like, we know what you're doing, Kev, but you know what? I ain't mad like at you, you, man. I like how you work it. I like how you work it. I ain't mad at you, man. I ain't mad at you. So no, anyways. I'm not trying to get in any Morongo commercial. I just like the commercial. Okay. Okay. Have you guys seen the commercial? commercial? Yeah, it's the one where probably you probably haven't noticed it. If you're looking at the dealer at the end of the commercial, she's actually looking at the camera, not at the other people. I've seen that commercial a million times. Yeah, they, they, she, they're driving like an old, like a 1968 or 69 yeah, could be convertible you. Camaro. I mean, it's a really nice car. Right. I mean, it's it's a Kaplan-like vehicle. Yeah. Oh, so they get Kaplan-like. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. yeah I, like, I like old school American muscle cars. Yeah. Nice. Go on. Flex it out, Cap. (laughs) Okay, so we're lucky that we live in L.A. where it feels like summer 95, 97% of the time, right? Yeah. Well, Viva Pomona, which is a music festival that launched 10 years ago, is celebrating their anniversary in a big way. They're bringing it to L.A., actually, they're bringing it to Dodger Stadium. And they have a huge uh, star-studded lineup. Daddy Yankee. Ooh. Oh, oh, hey, Dalvin. Legend. Daddy yeah. Yankee. Wait a minute. I thought Daddy Yankee was retiring. After his tour. So this is pre. Oh, okay. Yes, and yes, by the yes. way, Daddy Yankee spells it like Yankee, but I guess pronounces it like Yankee? Yankee. Yeah, Daddy Yankee. El it's Yankee. a Palmolive situation. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Daddy Yankee. Okay, we have J Balvin, Becky G, Evie Queen, La Sonora de Damita, Los Tucanes de Tijuana, among others. So it's a very ecliptic. Will you be there? I will try. Okay. Okay, I will definitely try. I'm already, you, you got to pre-register to even try to get tickets. I feel you, like these people should be rolling out the red carpet for you to show up. I mean, you know, cl- put it out there. You know, you what know, are we doing TV here? Clinton Yates, get her I would love to, to be there. the festival <laughs> so she can put it on her socials and let everybody know how tight it is. I mean, she I could would do an Instagram love, live. Right. Instagram live. Exactly. Laura, you could be there doing an Instagram live. I could jump in. It'd be fun. Yeah. You could bring your Frenchie to the friend, you know, to the Instagram <laughs> yeah. live you like you did last time. But what I love about this is that additionally, yes, the concert looks crazy good, but it's actually a festival with a cause. Every uh, they will donate one dollar for every ticket sold to an LA-based nonprofit called No Us Without You, which is a, which is committed to feeding LA undocumented immigrant communities. That's what's up. So I'm I down love with that. that. I'm down with that. And the tickets are like for general, it's like 199 dollars. Sure, that's not bad. That's not bad. That's not bad. And I've, then I've the, paid worse. I paid. I've paid much more for way worse. And the largest ticket I think is like 699. It's like okay. VIP plus because there's money. four levels. Yeah. I don't know about that, but I will tell you, it's, it, it is interesting you're saying that because $199 sounds kind of reasonable because a friend of mine was sending me a note about Pearl Jam being on tour. And I've talked about how much I'm a huge Pearl Jam fan, and I saw him for two nights last year at Ohana Fest uh, you know, down in Dana Point. And just for like a ticket on the side of the stage, I'm not talking about like a bomb floor first 10 rows. Just kind of an average middle of the road kind of ticket, seven hundred and twenty-five dollars. Oof. Oof. Pro Jam, like, though. I mean, I, I think that they know that their crowd is got money, older and has money. So like, <laughs> like they got charging, money. You know what I'm saying? You're kind of you're kind of charging based on based on your fan base. I know, but you know what? I'm a huge Pearl Jam fan, and that is kind of a turnoff to me. Oh. Uh, uh, fair. That's fair. Oh. That's fair. Wow. So I want to go to this concert. So you know, I'm gonna go in a. 
Go with Clinton and like whoever wants to get me. Well, not whoever. I just whoever, walk in and be know. like, listen. <laughs> well, you could do that. I can't do that. The local chapter, <laughs> the president of the local chapter of the handsome man community has arrived. Yeah, please just open don't the wear door. a belt when you go through security because you never yeah, know. Yeah, right. They might Yo, that's crazy. You. I've worn belts before. Bro, never. I know, right? Never. I think my but, man was trying to single me out. But you I know do. what? That is what y'all need to know, and I want to know about that Kesha story. Thank Quinn. you. Yeah, I okay. me I too. Me too. So okay. All right. So let me just say to everybody that if you're on hold. We're coming to you, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. We started the show talking about whether or not the Lakers should shut it down or if they should still try and find a way into the playing tournament. We'll come back to your calls. But, Clinton, last was it last Wednesday or the Wednesday before? I think it was the Wednesday before. Right. So, so we go to the Laker game in Rompims. Yes. And I want you to know something, Mr. Handsome Man. <laughs> the Rompum is hanging in my closet. And I'm breaking it out on Saturday. Really? Yep. Okay. So like you I, felt comfortable enough after the maiden voyage to take it to a secondary social function where you might be the only one wearing one? That's the that kind of confidence? Correct. Okay. That is right. So the deal is, is that I was invited on Saturday to go on a friend's boat. And I said, okay, yeah, I love boats. I love being on the water. And I happen to have the perfect outfit <laughs> that I didn't have until like a couple weeks ago when you and I went over there. In the romping. So would you just explain this story? Because I guess I'll I set must it up. have missed the detail. No, 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 no. I'll set it up. So basically, for those who don't know, a bit carried over from Mason and Ireland's show involving Greg, where he was going to get $100 to wear a romping to a Laker game. Walk around, embarrassing, wacky radio, rack, wacky radio stunt, excuse me, etc. He, on a lark, asked me, this is ridiculous, you want to do this with me? And I said, I'm not wearing that, but I'll wear a romping for sure. Just to do it. These are the kind of fun things that we do. I'm a fun guy, to quote Kawhi um, Leonard. So <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I said, though, I'm not wearing that one, but I'm getting one that's going to be reasonably fly. I went to Romper Jack. Shout out to Siobhan, great listener of the show, who suggested that. Lindsay got involved. We were all there. So we walk over. <laughs> And, you know, people have sort of given us the look like, look at those guys. What a bit. You know, oh, whatever. Dude. There was dude, a lot a of point, that. There's a point, Clinton, where we're, the three of us, me, you, and Greg, are walking. And Carlo from our social media team is behind us, and he's shooting video. Right, it looks like a Beastie Boys video. Exactly. Right, right. And if you watch, there are people passing us, and they're all looking at us the same way we probably would be looking at them. They're like, who the F are these guys? Right. Like, but but ultimately, it was their- no harm, no foul. We're just right. wearing our own clothes. You know, mm-hmm. so the vibe is good is what I'm saying. Mind you, mine is the birds of paradise colorway, looks tropical, is tropical, and the shorts are a little shorter than you and Greg's. I got the thigh meat out on a Wednesday. <laughs> you did. All you right. Did. It you was did. a whole thing. <laughs> to quote my girlfriend, she said, go give the people what they want. So... <laughs> We're walking up to the suite at this point. We've done our little rounds, and, you know, embarrassment level is low. I'm feeling good. Mm -hmm. I got the jacket hanging over my shoulder. I had a whole look going, by the by. Might have worked on that at home. Anyway, so we're walking up to the suite, and who do I see walking right into the suite next to us? Oh, that would be my colleagues, (laughs) Mina Kimes and Pablo Torre. And they're looking at me like, well, hello, Clinton. What brings you here? Because <laughs> I'm wearing a rompum in the middle of the crypt center or crypto. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, this is so embarrassing. So after 10, 15 minutes or so, get a drink, talk to the people. You know how they works in these suites, y'all. The, the front is open. So if you so choose to just lean your head around, you can talk to people in the next suite. 
I happened to know them, so I leaned over and said, I know this is ridiculous, but it's for a big radio bit. And they were like, no, whatever. You look great. Thinking, all right. I said, come on over and take a picture. And this guy's like, this guy I don't know. He's like, yeah, come on over. I'll come to the door. So I go to the door. At this point, I am full romping. I'm feeling I am at peak positivity in terms of my confidence wearing this thing. At this point, I don't care. All right. I look good. Forget y'all. So I walk in and somebody is, this guy is talking to another person and I'm sort of joining the conversation. I don't really know where I am yet. And I have not yet gotten to Mina and Pablo who are at the front. All of a sudden I get a tap on my shoulder, relatively aggressive tap. And I'm like, Hey, and she goes, what's your name? And I'm sort of like back and forth trying to make sure that I'm still paying attention. I go, hi, I'm Clinton. At this point, this person strafes into my view hand in hand and says, hi, I'm Kesha. Would you like to be my boyfriend for the night? And I was like, um, and it was said with a playful enough tone that obviously mm-hmm. she was only half joking. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, uh, no, thanks. It's cool. I'm here to see my friends. Then got the sort of the arm rub. Are you sure? And oh, I was God. like, no, she yeah, didn't. I definitely have to go see my friends now. <laughs> At which point I went to the front and I told Mina and Pablo, you will not believe what just happened. They were like, thing looks pretty good, man. What do you want me to say? So that's what happened. Bold. That's what happened. Tick tock. Now, Kimber, yeah. all of the yeah. bangers that I used yeah. to shake my behind yeah. to as a younger man, the creator, innovator, icon, Kesha, threw your boy a little sugar. You know what well, I'm saying? Well, I want to tell you, though, Clinton, so, yes. so pretty much the next day, um, we come back on the air, and I'm kind of telling a little bit of a version of this story, not mm-hmm. as detailed as yours, and I, my version goes like this, and Clinton goes next door to the other suite where Mina and Pablo are hanging out. And he comes back and he tells me this story. You're not going to believe what just happened to me. I'm talking to these people. This girl comes over. She says, hey, what's your name? I say Clinton. And she says, well, hi, I'm Kesha. And, like, it didn't register with me. I just thought that some girl named Kesha said hi and really thought that you had a nice romp him on. So you didn't you didn't put two and two together. <laughs> Should I have said K E dollar sign H A? Would that have helped you out? Your well, daughter did, Cap, because your daughter was like super impressed. She was like, What? You mean like Kesha Kesha? And I was like, Yeah. And she was like, That's awesome. <laughs> As a matter of fact, my daughter kept saying to me, because we left and we decided to go down and sit behind the basket. And she's like, Dad, do you think we should go back upstairs so that maybe we can take some pictures with Kesha? And I'm like, Why do we need to take pictures with some girl who's hitting she on She left Clinton? with Yates. Don't worry about that. No, I'm joking. <laughs> it's funny because I went home and I was like, I'm not sure how I should tell my girl this. And I told her, and she just busted out she laughing. Laughed. It was yeah. the funniest thing on earth. Like, come on, who cares? But it was it was a funny moment. And point being, the reason why I said in so many words that you had built up the confidence to rock that in a place that was not with your goofball radio friends at a sports event. I think your boy might have built up that confidence too. Check me out at brunch next week. Might have a thing going. Oh, hell to the yeah. You know. Tell you right? right now. Do you know how many sweaty dance floors I've been on with this song going heavy? Oh. Well, what a great part of that song. This has, I I can like picture certain places in my mind where, like where I was when this was really hidden. Don't you remember though, when we left the suite and you were telling me this story, I was like, why don't you say to her like, Hey, so, Hey, Kesha, how are you? Like, so what do you do for a living? Again, Scott, let me explain something to you. Yeah. When your television's Clinton Yates and you run in and you meet people, 
and you think that they might have an idea of what's going on or they don't, you don't make a fool out of them. You well, maybe make a fool out of yourself. But yeah. I knew who she was. Yeah, she see, the next wanted day, to know who I was, and everything was fine. But the next day, I think it was Laura, or it may have been Lindsay, who said something like, a pop star tried to hit on Clinton. Yes, that's called a tease. And I was like, what do you mean a pop star? And they're like, Kesha. And I'm like, oh, when Clinton said Kesha came up to him, I thought it was just some girl in the suite next door whose name was Kesha. Like, I didn't put two and two together that Kesha is actually Kesha. I thought it was just some girl named Kesha. Yeah, well, you know, my show, it's not about you and what you thought, Scott. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you this is a pretty funny moment. It was and I don't know moment. no other Keshas. I don't want to know no other Keshas. That's not true, necessarily. I wouldn't name doesn't, a kid Kesha, but I'm not. Doesn't Kesha, she's got, she's got the little money sign in her name you mentioned, the S, Correct. right? Yes. She doesn't have like a little eye tattoo with a money sign, does she? I mean, she was known for relatively no, tremendous eye makeup. A, yeah, but she doesn't have an eye tattoo. No, oh. that's weird. Anyway, yeah, it was a weird. fun run-in and a nice coda at the end of a rather ridiculous bit that we executed. I would say flawlessly. And, Scott, I will give you a radio clap hand for not chickening out and coming up with some crap excuse as to why you couldn't do it. You actually followed through. I think your daughter was a big part of that. You didn't want to farther embarrass yourself in a situation in which we were all having fun anyway, so I commend you for that. I told, Thank you. I, I, I told my daughter, I said, guess what I'm wearing tonight to the game? She goes, what? I said, a romp him. She goes, her, her answer was, oh, cool. And I said, Because I figured she was probably going to say something like, Dad, please don't. That's so cringy. But she told me it was cool. And then my girlfriend said, did I see pictures on Instagram of you wearing a romper? And I went, yeah. She, Why? I explained to her the whole bit. She said exactly what you said. She goes, you know what? You're a good sport. <laughs> Thank you. Good job. Yeah. Well, right on. We did it. There you go. All right, listen, we'll come back to your calls. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. We asked the question earlier, should the Lakers just shut it down? We'll get back to that story. But, Clinton, I really want to get to what happened last night between Russell Westbrook and an L.A. Times reporter, Brad Turner, in the post-game press conference. We'll get to that coming up. Stick around. This is Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. <laughs> the only answer you know <laughs> Clinton I didn't know that Jeopardy was all the way back into the 60s and was hosted by somebody prior yeah. to Alex Trebek I literally did not know that yeah well as a game show professional I am well familiar with the histories of a lot of the shows and that was what Trebek kind of brought to the table he was a game show host prior to Jeopardy as well and then he came over to Jeopardy and made it what it was Eric Clapton, 77 years old today. Getting up there. If I, would have, if I would have asked you how old you think Eric Clapton is, do you think what, what number would you have come up with? you got to understand, these are random old white guys. I would have never even gotten close. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh. I, I, that, there's a range where like you get to past a certain age and you're just another. You know what I mean? Like I don't know because I, I, it's hard for me to gauge. You know, 
as uh, as you say, random old white guys, and then Chris suggests that I should call you Brother Yates. Like no, the, we're not like doing that. That's not, right. I mean, right. not, am I going to do that and make things really uncomfortable? No, we're really not going to Really cringy? Do that. Yeah, no. I don't think so. Uh, we have breaking news, by the way, quickly. Oh. Can we hit the breaking news sounder? This is marginally important. Tweet from Irvin Magic Johnson. Today, I was the keynote speaker for the 2022 Popeyes convention celebrating their 50th anniversary. It was great for me because I love Popeye's chicken. That's it. That's oh the tweet. Oh, my God. <laughs> How was I not aware, A, that this was the Popeye's 50th anniversary, B, that they had a convention, and that C, Magic would be speaking at it? Why aren't we there? What are we doing? Oh, Not the right things. What a missed opportunity. Yep. Anyway, seriously, Magic gets paid so much money to show up at these kinds of things oh. and speak. I know I saw a friend of mine uh, was at a one of these you know business conferences recently, mm-hmm. and the woman who was putting on the business conference, one of her guest speakers was Magic, and I was like, wow, you know, if Tony Robbins told me he had Magic, I go, wow, I know who that is, but I didn't know who the the woman who was putting on the the conference was, but she's obviously a big time player. And when you have a Magic Johnson show up at your business conference and speak about motivation and business and money and all these things, like wow, that's that's big time. Magic gets paid a fortune to do these kinds of things. Man, yeah. I am I am envious. Speaking of magic, I have yeah. I have really I don't want to say really turned, but I'm on episode four of Winning Time. Yeah. And uh it's it's getting better. Like, it's getting better as a larger product. And I'm still mad I can't binge it all at once. That's a different discussion. But No, that's that's an important discussion because, look, they've got us where they want us. If you are into this series, and I am as well, you find yourself on Sunday going, no, no, I can't because I'm, I'm watching Winning Time tonight. Like, I, I'm literally waiting for it to be released so I can watch it Sunday night like it's Game of Thrones. I wish they would just do it Netflix style because – for example, what, what's the name of the show with Jason Bateman? Do you know who I'm talking about? The uh, Ozark. Do you ever Ozark, watch that? Yeah. yeah. I don't watch that, but I know what you're talking about. Okay. So they, they put out seven episodes, and then there's a break, and then there's seven more. Ooh. But they put out seven episodes, and I watched that in like two days. Right. Right. And it's, 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 it's interesting because the reason I brought this up, because we're having an existential discussion about what's going on with the Lakers franchise. And the reason why this is a particularly good episode is because this is when we get to actual basketball. And it talks about Jack McKinney, who people forget. He was the first guy the Lakers hired um, under bus before um, Paul West, uh, Paul Westall, before Pat Riley. He was the original Showtime guy from a basketball standpoint. It actually gets into how difficult a transition that was coming from Jerry West to a more free-flowing, open style. So if you consider yourself a fan of the Lakers – in terms of the history, not just in terms of the parades. It's a pretty interesting look at sort of how that all kind of changed. And I realize it's not a completely documentary style thing, but it does point paint a picture about how the league overall was changing and how the Lakers were at the forefront of that. Well, you know what? I'm really glad we're talking about this because one of the things I didn't know, and I, again, like you said, it's not purely a documentary, so I'm not sure if everything is accurate. But, for example, when, when Jerry West resigns from the Lakers, he's still around. Yeah. So he's kind of all over McKinney, you know, yeah. and and he's there. And, and at one point in episode four, not that I'm spoiling it for anybody, but the players kind of want to revolt against the coach. Right. He's not playing their style from a year earlier, and they don't know what to do with themselves. 
and Magic is new, and he's kind of this great passer, and, and nobody knows when the ball is coming their way. And they're, so they're just complaining about it. And who are they going to complain to? Jerry West. Yeah. I don't even know what Jerry West's role was back then. It's fascinating. It's a really good look at the sort of early seeds of what happens when a team gets a star. And why is that relevant? Because we're talking about the Lakers right now. I'd love to go back to these calls in terms of, like, listen, the Lakers are a team that got, I don't want to say lucky, but they had two generational generational flashes in the pan and figured out the parts around them. This is not the, that. You know what I'm saying? In terms of getting them early, becoming a certain type of a player in the town, it's a different interface with the fans now. And I think that's going to be an interesting discussion going forward, not just what fans are willing to put up with, but what the team is willing to put up with in terms of what they consider their own standards. I mean, you know, I don't want to say they got lucky because the product is so good, but what I mean is that it was a time in the world when that player was available and not quite obvious, but definitely there. I'm referring to Magic and Kobe. Now, it's just different now, Scott. You know what I'm saying? The way you put together teams is just not the same, and I'm very interested going forward as to what Lakers fans think they should be doing as far as what their outlook is. Do you get a real GM, so to speak, not a former agent or whatever? And that's no knock on Palenka. I think that there's, you know, we've reached the end of this road in some ways. Maybe not. It's it's a really confounding question for me, Cap. All right, let's go to the phones then. Let's see what people think. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Oh, and by the way, Clinton, just one thing before we hit these calls. If I were Magic Johnson and I were watching Winning Time, I mean, I think we all kind of got who he was, but, man, the depiction and the uh, the graphic nature, oh, man, I, yeah. I could only imagine what he must be thinking while he's watching this. You know? Yeah, there's a lot going on in that in that regard. That's that's kind of tough. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Here's Thomas in Pasadena. Hey, Thomas, Sedano uh, and Cap, you got you Clinton Yates in. Go call. ahead, man. Yep. Can yeah, go for me? it. We okay, can hear you. Thank you. Uh, I, can I just say one thing? Look. I'm 68 years old. I'm a general in general engineering contract. When these players sign contracts, they sign contracts to play. I don't know if there's a clause in their contract that says, oh, if we're not going to uh, the Super Bowl or we're not going to the playoffs, we should play. Let me tell you something. Hell no. They should play. They signed a contract. The Lakers do. LeBron is 37 years old. He know how old he is. He signed for the money. Get your butt out there and play. I don't give a damn about the playoffs. If these players sign these contracts and say they're going to play, okay, then if if they're not going to play, give everybody who paid for season tickets, give them their money back. A contract is a contract is a contract. When these rookie players, even for uh, when thanks for the phone call, last chunked out. We'll just go straight to the next one. I'm not even going to address that. What do we got, Scott? Scott, yes, I'm here. I, Laura was talking Sorry, in my ear, and, and the caller, the caller like, was like breaking seen. up. Yeah, yeah he so broke, wait, and, that was a and, tough flame out. But who and we got Laura, next? Laura said that you were making some faces, and I'm okay. Keep, no. So go ahead. No, 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 no. I, I just not faces. It's just it's you just, can tell the, the, I, the, the where my eyes are rolling back yes. in my head. Yes. All right. But, tell me what's going on. Nothing. I'm just saying. Let's go to the next call. That, that I mean, you know, yeah, whatever. I mean, you don't care about you don't you don't want you don't you don't care about the playoffs. That's new to me for Lakers fans. Who's next? All right, who's next is Edwin in Northridge. Hey, Edwin, it's Sedano and Cap on 710. What's going on, man? Hey, man, I say shut it down, mm. man. 
The reason I say that is because I think that the product out there on the court is actually a reflection of the front office. I I believe that uh, the Clipper organization's probably got a great front office, and that's why these guys go in and out every day trying to do the best they can. And I just think maybe uh, it needs to start at the top, and it's trickling down. Thanks for the call. I mean, that's what makes it tough. The allure, the shine, quite frankly, the quality of what Los Angeles Lakers basketball has been has been star-driven and and led. And if your stars aren't connecting the way that you want or your stars aren't winning, it doesn't work. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just are you going to find yourself in a system where you're grabbing stars or are you going to try to take the time it takes to build and grow stars? And that's a tricky thing if expectations season-to-season cap are as high as people seem to want them to be, whether they're being delusional or not. In today's end, modern NBA, that's just not realistic. Nobody does it like that, including the Los Angeles Lakers. Take a look at the last 10, 15 years. Yeah, and, and to the caller who called before, Thomas, I mean, here's the thing. I'm with you. You know, you sign a contract, and your job is to get out there and play, and people pay money to see you play. But what I'm getting at today is if I'm the Lakers, I'm thinking about the future now. Yeah. I know that the present isn't good. So I know that I've got to revamp this roster. And the last thing I want to see happen here in the final seven games that are virtually meaningless because, let's face it, they're not going anywhere. Could you imagine LeBron gets more, like, seriously hurt? Like, like blows out an Achilles. Yeah. You know? Or, or AD comes back and blows out a knee. I mean, you, you just don't. I would rather see the Lakers say, look, you know what this team needs because we got a bunch of older dudes? They need time. And Correct. they need a, a significant off season. And since they're not going to win a championship this year, just prepare for next year. And I know it sounds counterintuitive because you're right. They sign contracts and they're getting paid a lot of money and people pay a lot of money to go see them play. But wouldn't you rather be thinking about the future rather than a season that's lost? With all due respect to Thomas, LeBron James and Anthony Davis are not general contractors. They are elite-level NBA players. It's just not the same calculus when it comes to trying to get the most out of them, not just for the fans, but for the team overall, too. All right, listen, we got a lot more we want to get to, but coming up next, it is time for Radio Tinder. Clinton, are you ready to play? I am. All right, Lindsay's got Radio Tinder. It's coming up next. This is Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. 
Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. All right, so again, we, we do need to come up with a mission statement for this because that song is just not, I just don't feel like it, it meshes with the vibe of Radio Tinder. But I digress. All right, so <laughs> okay. first story here. The NBA may not be ready to expand just yet, but Las Vegas is going to be prepared. A new group secured 25 acres of land near the Las Vegas Strip and announced plans today for a new sports and entertainment district complete with an NBA-ready 20,000-seat arena. The group is planning to break ground on the project next year. It's going to be located about 10 minutes from the Las Vegas Strip and will include a hotel, casino, theater, and more. Do you guys think that an NBA franchise will be ready to go in Vegas five years from now? Swipe left or swipe right, Cap? I'm going to swipe right, and I'm going to say that I think that Las Vegas will get an NBA team. It took a lot of guts for the NHL to be first in, but what did they really have to lose? And then it took some guts, i got to say. I mean, it was the leadership of the NHL, believe it or not, that led the NFL into Las Vegas. And, of course, the, the fact that Oakland was never going to build a stadium for the Raiders and that Mark Davis didn't have the money to build a stadium on his own. But now that you've got an NHL team and an NFL team, the NBA is, is kind of following the leaders rather than being the leaders. And I always thought of Vegas as being an NBA town even when there wasn't an NBA team. So, yes, I do think that Vegas will get an NBA team. And, by the way, that group you're talking about, Lindsay, I think that I read earlier – is that is it Philip Anschutz who's behind that, who used to be the guy who owned AEG? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay, well, if not, <laughs> I mean, I'm, just, I'm, I'm asking you, for fact-checking here. Did you, say, you did you say they're going to build another arena? I, is that not ridiculous, yep. by the way? Why do they need to build another arena? Right, they, like they don't have enough in Vegas? I mean, no, 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 it's not even about that. T-Mobile is there. It's right. a nice facility. I, really I mean, nice. To me, the, the reason you move a team to Vegas is because you don't have to build anything more. I don't even understand this. That's weird. Well, I mean, I guess their thinking is that they don't want to have to compete for dates with the hockey team. That's ridiculous. And plus, they, they do have a lot of concerts. I mean, just, the, you know, I don't know the details and the logistics of everything, but I feel like if there was going to be an NBA team there, I think they could fully support an additional arena with an NBA team and more concerts. Okay, like, so I don't think it's, let's, it let's, makes no let's sense. Let's chalk talk that, though. And here's the deal. For those of you who don't know how the Vegas layout works, the reason why T-Mobile Arena is so cool is because it's in a place that you can get to from the strip on your feet. Mm-hmm. If you build mm-hmm. it somewhere else, Bama's ain't going to go. You know what I no, mean? Well, like, this yeah, is on the strip. I mean, they, they yeah. said that they bought all this land on the strip. But that doesn't – that's weird to me. Like, I get what you're saying, Lindsay, and I, I'm not implying that you're not making sense. I'm just mean from a strategy urban standpoint, I, my, the whole draw would be we're already here. You know where we play. Come on down. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't get this. Anyway. By the way, the name I mentioned, Phil Andrews, it's, it was another name, Tim Lywicki. And people in L.A. will remember that name. I'd have to go back and do some research, but I do remember Tim Lywicki's name being very prominent years and years and years ago when there was talk of the NFL coming back to L.A. This is long before the Rams and the Chargers moved, but that's a familiar name. Okay. By the way, some breaking news that I just got on the ESPN app really quick. We're going to have to talk about this after Radio Tinder because it involves your boyfriend, Tom Brady, Cap. Uh, I, they just I announced that Bruce Arians is retiring from coaching and moving into the front office. Hmm. Well, 
that makes me think, and we can get into this a little bit later on, that makes me think that the rumors about Tom Brady coming mm-hmm. back and him trying to get traded, maybe mm-hmm. that's for real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I agree, totally. Okay, so anyway, real quick, I'll get to these other two. So Dodgers pitcher Trevor Bauer, uh, he filed a defamation lawsuit against The Athletic and one of its former writers on Tuesday, alleging, quote, a campaign to maliciously target and harass him. The complaint claims that the website and the writer published knowingly false information about Bauer online and on Twitter with, quote, hatred, ill will, and spite with the intent to harm Mr. Bauer or in blatant disregard of the substantial likelihood of causing him harm. So I feel like things have changed a little bit since we last really talked about this. Do you think that Trevor Bauer is going to pitch again this season? Swipe left or swipe right, Clinton? Uh, no, I don't. And I don't want to talk about Trevor Bauer. Nothing personal, but, like, what are we doing? You know what I'm saying? That guy's on the oxygen list for a reason. Until he shows up in a uniform, I'm not saying his name again on the station. I'm going to go the other direction here. I'm going to swipe right. I feel like the exact same thing's going to happen that happened in the NFL with Deshaun Watson when you have a few teams circling around and saying, well, we want him or we want him or we're talking to him then somebody jumps and says, well, we'll take him, and then does something crazy where they give this huge guaranteed contract. My guess is that Trevor Bauer is going to pitch in Major League Baseball this year because all these charges have been thrown out, and there's no criminal case. And so while it's very distasteful and he's not a likable character, he's really a great pitcher, and I think somebody's going to give him a chance. I really I do. agree with you, Cap. I feel like... Just based on precedent alone with these with similar situations with other baseball players, I don't think that he'll be suspended for the entire season, and I think that he will pitch again. Unfortunately, whether you know we like it or not, I feel like at the end of the day, the owners just care about winning and making money. So, anywho, next one, last one here. Bruce Willis is retiring from acting after being diagnosed with aphasia, I think that's how you pronounce it. Hmm. Uh, The 67-year-old actor's family shared the news on Instagram today saying that it was a tough decision during a challenging time. According to Mayo Clinic, aphasia robs you of the ability to communicate and can affect your ability to speak, write, and understand language, both verbal and written. Oh, that's tough. Super sad story, and instead of having you guys swipe left or swipe right, gonna ask you, what is your favorite Bruce Willis movie? Quick, quick point though. I um, if you'd have told me Bruce Willis was seventy-seven, I would have believed you, Scott. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. just in terms of like, I don't really. Once you get above fifty, I don't really have much of a clue because I don't really have any context. Um, well, I mean, but that kind of hurts. Aging the guy bit. ten years. Yeah, I'm just saying. Hurts me I, didn't, I mean, I also haven't seen him in a long time, so there's that too. You know, being out of the public. I mean, can't eye. you make it sixty instead of fifty though? Anyway, go on. No, because that's my cutoff. My favorite Bruce Willis. Hold on. Let me let me consult a little thing called the internet so I don't lie to myself. Bruce Willis films. You go. This is your wheelhouse, Scott. Go ahead. There's a movie that Bruce Willis did. Now, look, the the obvious one for me would be Pulp Fiction. That's a good one. It is. I don't think of that as a Bruce Willis movie for what it's worth. That's exactly what my point was going to be. That I'm not sure I consider that a Bruce Willis movie as much as a Samuel L. Jackson, John Travolta movie. Sure. There's a movie, and I got to find the name of it. It was in the 90s. It was the one where he's in Pittsburgh and he's this cop on the water. Hudson Hawk, baby. That's a good movie. No, I don't think that's it. Hudson Hawk is a good movie. I was going to say that. It's a terrible movie, but I just like it a lot. Go no, on. It, it, it's Sarah Jessica Parker and Bruce Willis, and I got to think of the name of this, this movie. Um, oh, maybe it's Striking Distance. Ah, that sounds, okay, that sounds right. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's what it is, Striking Distance. Um, he's this Pittsburgh police homicide detective guy. Sarah Jessica Parker's in this movie. Tom Sizemore. 
And uh, oh, okay. yeah, I don't know. It's kind of one of my favorite old school Bruce Willis movies. I just okay. think Hudson Hawk is a ridiculous movie where he plays like a boat cop in the 80s. And I just, 90, 91, Hudson Hawk. Excitement, catch the adventure, catch the hawk. <laughs> I just remember this being a ridiculous, over the top uh, action movie that, you know, was just the kind of thing they were handing out like candy back in the 90s if you were a big enough star. Armageddon's a good say. one. Armageddon's a good one, Laura. Yeah. But I got to say, hard. that's sad. You know, I mean, I'm Bruce Willis, did, did you say 67 years old? Mm-hmm. Yep, 67. I mean, you're young. Listen, people get, like, I have a friend of mine, and he has Parkinson's disease. And he's, you know, he's a guy who, I mean, he's shaky, and he, and he doesn't talk like he used to. I mean, there's just a lot of things going on with his body. His brain is sharp. Yeah. But, but Bruce Willis, at 67 years old, as famous, as successful, as... as uh, He's just so um, visible. He's got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I mean, he's a big-time Hollywood actor, you know? He was married That's to sad. Demi Moore. Yeah. I mean, he was he was a playboy back in the day in terms of, like, sex symbol, all of that. Moonlighting was a great show as well, by the way. Television I love Moonlighting. That yeah. was a good show. Yeah. Going old school right That's, there. like, one of the first shows I can remember that my dad, like, kind of used to let me watch with him that I probably wouldn't be watching if my mom knew kind of situation. But I sort of got it. I sort of didn't. But I thought it was a cool show. Was that Sybil Shepard? It was Sybil Shepard. I don't know where that name came from, how it popped out of my head, but there it is. On the brain. How about that? All right. Well, there it is. There's a little radio Tinder for you. Okay. All right. Way to go, Lindsay. Thank that you. That bums Thanks. me out. That kind of bums yeah. me out a little bit. Yeah, Bruce Willis. Sorry. Didn't, didn't need to mean to leave it on a low note. I apologize. No, no it's all right. It's okay. I mean, well, that's why I try to turn it around and say, like, what's your favorite? Let's, like, remember the great things he did in Hollywood. Yeah. But I didn't know the story, so now I'm kind of a little bummed out. I'm Bruce Willis bummed is what I am, you know? Well, we do have breaking news. Yeah. The breaking news. Yes. Clinton, would you yes. like to handle this? No, you go ahead. You're, you're the newsman today. It's a football. I am? Okay. You're, it's it's a news- football story, so it's a Scott Kaplan story. Yeah, well, hey, listen, we'll, we'll, we'll jump back into it here in just a couple of minutes but because I think we're going to hit this break. But I think this is really interesting. I mean, to, to see a guy like Bruce Arians, who two years ago won the Super Bowl, who brings his team back this year and looks like a Super Bowl contender until the Rams beat them in Tampa, to then be questioned about whether or not Tom Brady's really retiring, and then Brady kind of retires, but then he comes back, and now here we are at the end of March, before the NFL draft, and Arians is moving into the front office of the Buccaneers rather than coaching the team. I'll, I'll throw it to you, Clinton. We'll answer this on the other side. Will Tom Brady be the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this football season? Contemplate that. Sure. Stick around, everybody. This is Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Yeah, you got the look, Clinton. You had the look two weeks ago when we went to that <laughs> Laker game and you were rocking that romping. Thank you. I had a little bit more than the look going on that day. You know what I'm saying? Tell you what. No, I'm kidding. No, <laughs> that, was a fun, that was a fun trip. Fun day at the crypto, for sure. Let me tell you one thing that I don't think we've talked about related to that, which is I was jealous of your short length. (laughs) 
seriously, mine were too long. Not surprised. My, my whole outfit was too bulky. Like, I needed something that was a little more, like, fitting, like you Svelte, have. if you will. Yeah. Well, the truth is, is that that was the larger of the two that I ordered. Because when this first came about, we workshopped this whole thing on air. Momo and I were filling in for Mason in Ireland. And she was like, Ramona said, and this was a brilliant piece of advice that I followed to the T. She said, well, just get two. Get one size in one and one size in another. And I was like, ooh, that's a smart idea. Because when I put on the small... It was a little too snug. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> TikTok, Tim Burr, tell you what. Um, but I had the other one, which was a little bigger. It gave me just enough room to really, you know, put out the vibe, apparently. Yeah, but I needed those short shorts. I need that mid-range short, you know? Yeah, Ooh, nothing stopping you. Short shorts. Romper jacket. Cap, you can, you can always hem them, you know? Like, take it to see If you really are that, like, I mean, because I thought it fit you well, and you'd rather have it be too big than too small. So just saying that's an option. You can always hem them, you know? You know what I might do this weekend? Because I told you guys I'm actually going to break out the rompim. Because now it's a, it's actually a member of my my wardrobe. You know, it's not like I just got it and I threw it away, or right. I got it and I put it in a box, and I'm like, oh, I'll never use that again. Like I'm planning on wearing this whole thing again, Safari Silk. Yes, you know I, I, I even do? bless you with a whole vibe. You know what I'm saying? This is about as good of a team effort as we have. Safari Silk was not the name of that. That's just something I came up with, just so right. you guys oh, know yeah. that. Oh, no, now, that was something we did together. It. Yes, that was great. Also, you know? Cap, a piece of advice. I mm. might I might recommend switching up the shoes. Maybe wear something like some Vans or like some type of like boat shoes of some kind, you know, just to go with the whole vibe. How about flip-flops? Will that work? Flip-flops, flip-flops works. Work. On a boat, 100%. flip-flops definitely works. Okay, because yes. I was wearing sneakers that night, and I don't really wear anything else other than sneakers now. I didn't notice what you wore, and now I'm, like, looking for the picture because I'm about to judge. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I ain't going to lie. When Lindsay said that, I was like, ooh, I missed that part. The sneakers were okay. I mean, they were what he had on, which was part of it. You know what I'm saying? And they matched, if nothing else. They might not yeah. have been on hey, that's key. vibe-wise, that's key. That's key. but they key. certainly that's matched. Key. So that was a good pick out of you, Scott. Thank you. So, Clinton, um, I asked you the question before the break, and I'd love to hear what you think. So for anybody that's just joining us, this is kind of an interesting story. It just popped up. It, it just breaking news as we're talking. From the L.A. Times. Right. So the L.A. Times is putting out a report that Bruce Arians, the coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, is stepping away from the sideline and moving into a front office position. And Todd Bowles, who was the defensive coordinator of the Buccaneers, will become the new head coach. So there's been so much talk about Tom Brady. First he retired, then he comes back and he says, I'm not retiring. But here's the question, Clinton. With all the rumors about Tom Brady coming back so that he could force a trade to Miami, do you think Tom Brady, now that Bruce Arians is not going to be the head coach, will Tom Brady play next year? And if so, will he play for the Buccaneers? I think he will. Um, I, I just think that there's something, I don't want to say unbecoming, but like it's getting a little loose. It's like, okay, one team after the Patriots, you want a Super Bowl. Okay, you're 40,000 years old. Two teams after the Patriots. Then we sort of get into the legacy cheapening thing, which I don't necessarily care about. I just feel like from a Brady standpoint, we're having to redo it all again in a new space. It's just, it's just a lot for a guy that age. I will say this, though. And here's the thing about Bruce Arians that I think gets lost in the shuffle a lot of times because people look at him as sort of a cool guy. A couple of days ago, the NFL released news that they're going to force, they're sort of changing what the Rooney rule is. Bruce Arians alone has done about as much as any coach I can think of in NFL history 
in terms of diversity and inclusion on his staff, and he's done it again this time, picking Todd Bowles to be his head coach, a guy who probably wasn't going to get another chance, even though he had been a head coach. This is a problem we see with black coaches. They get a first shot. They don't get a second. Bruce Arians is about that action when it comes to actually giving people shots. And I'm going to read a little bit from his statement here, which is a separate discussion, but I think it's interesting, Scott. He released a statement that Schefter just tweeted. He says, this is Bruce, why now? The simple answer is that I've accomplished more than I ever dreamed I could during this incredible coaching journey. Winning Super Bowl LV at our home stadium with my mom and family in attendance was really the last item I wanted to check off my career bucket list. For me, this is about more than just trying to add more wins to my coaching record. This team is in a much better place than it was three years ago due to Jason's great work and the Glazer family's commitment to winning. Before you start thinking this is about my health, this is the best I've felt in many years, and I'm looking forward to helping this team continue winning through my new role. I love this. I don't even care about Tom Brady at this point in terms of the Bucks. I want to give Bruce his flowers in terms of the things I've noticed and paid attention to as to how he runs his program and how he runs his staff. Class act dude. Happy he could step away on his own terms. You know, this guy, Bruce Arians, years ago, and I would have to look up the exact years, but he was the offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was on Mike Tomlin's staff. Mm. And I remember talking to him before a game one night, and he said, you know, I'm getting ready to retire. And I was like, retire? Wow. This is, I'm telling you, he's, this is 10 years ago. Right. And I'm like, what do you mean retire? What was really happening is he was getting fired, essentially. Ooh. I mean, he and Tomlin, I guess, weren't seeing eye to eye. And I don't know, I don't remember that much about the Steeler offense back then. But the point is, is he, he was telling the world he was going to retire. This is 10 years ago. And he's gone on to do bigger and better things in his career. It is interesting, though, to me that he's waited until now. You know, Brady's retirement happened not long after the season, and then he's obviously made his return. But I am curious as to why Arians didn't do this at the end of the year or maybe two or three weeks thereafter. But I, and I do, I'm with you. You know, yeah. there, there should be a great appreciation for, for putting your money where your mouth is, where you're not just about helping minority candidates, you're actually doing something. Exactly. Yeah, I think he had three women on his staff in the past five seasons. But to your question, I think that sometimes we kind of we don't give people enough room to just think and exist because he flirted with this a little bit, the retirement thing at the end of the season. He did mention it, you know what I mean, after after they won the Super Bowl. And it was like, okay, but I think that this is a matter of just thinking about it. You know what I mean? Sometimes you reflect. Sometimes what happens around the league may or may not necessarily change what you think, but you need a couple of dominoes to fall to feel comfortable walking away from something. And quite frankly, maybe he was trying to convince the Glazers to make sure that his guy was the one that stayed and not turn this whole thing over, Tom aside. And so I understand the time method. I don't necessarily think it changed his mind, but there's probably some process in there that you know a coach has to go through in order to get things done. It's an interesting story in that I, I, I'm going to tell you this, though, Clinton. It makes me believe the rumors about Tom Brady trying to force his way to Miami because you know the story that a few years ago, um, before Brady left New England, there was the story that has been told that the owner says to the then coach, Brian Flores, hey, we're meeting on a boat, come talk to me. Yeah. And then Flores gets there and – and the owner, Jeffrey Ross, says to him, don't go anywhere because a quarterback's about to join us, somebody you know quite well. Uh, this is my recollection of the story. Yep. And Flores, according to him, leaves the boat because he knows that if he's talking to Tom Brady, even though he had a relationship with him because they worked together in, in New England, right? He's, he's now done some tampering and could get himself into trouble. But this 
this Brady Jeffrey Ross Michigan man connection. I just think there's where there's smoke, there's fire. And I think that it is conceivable that Tom Brady might say, Hey, look, you know what? Tampa was great. We won a Super Bowl. But for me to keep playing the way I, the way I was able to convince Giselle was, I'll go to where she wants to live, not her having to come to Tampa Bay. Yeah, but she can live in Miami and him play in Tampa Bay. You know, I I'm not I don't I don't disagree with you. I I do think though there is something slightly unseemly, and I'm not against people rooting or you know old guys trying to hang on. It's just kind of like I, I don't know. I, I Tom Brady going away from New England and winning one with his old pals in Tampa is sort of one story. Tom Brady popping around Florida teams as a mercenary is is another. You know what I mean? Is, is, am, a, I, am, I, a, am I wrong on this? You're a better no, football fan than I am in terms of no, that kind of thing. I don't think so at all because here's the thing. When I think of Brett Favre's career, I think of him as a Green Bay Packer. Sure. But, but people will forget that Brett Favre left Green Bay, went to the Jets – yeah. Went to the Vikings. I think I have that That's correct. chronologically that, correct. He's the guy that got uh, Sean Payton booted out of the league because they went full crazy bounty on him. Yeah, so I just feel like like Brett yeah. Favre had this great career in, in Green Bay and it could have just ended, but he couldn't give it up. And then when he was with New York, then something happened. Then he was, let's go somewhere else. And he still was successful. He still was good in Minnesota. He was like a pass away from maybe I want to say they, to went, Super Bowl. they went to the championship game that year, yeah. Yeah, and then he remember he was rolling to his right and he threw across his body Got and he threw crushed. into traffic and he threw a pick. Yeah. Total Brett Favre kind of move. But yeah, I don't want to see Tom Brady keep moving around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's weird like because... I, I don't know. I mean, I, I like again. I'm not one of these people that says what people should and should not be doing in that regard when it's not really that big of a stakes. But like, I, I don't know what my personal legacy is thinking of Tom Brady. But I do know that this was the most fun I'd ever had being a football fan with Tom Brady in the league. Quite honestly, he showed more personality. Just who he was with as a Buccaneer was a much more fun version of his humanness than him as a Patriot, which was yeah. just felt like all robotics all the time. Right. And I just feel like, all right, well, we got that. We like this. What are we? You know, we what, what, no. Let's take our coats off. Let's stay a while. This is fun. We can end this here. But Miami is a whole other thing. I don't know. It's just it's 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 more of a circus than I necessarily care for. But that's why the NFL is the NFL. All right. Hey, listen. Um, stick around, everybody, because one thing we haven't gotten to yet today that I really would like to get to. So after the Lakers lost last night, and I know we talked a lot about it earlier, and people were calling about should the Lakers shut it down because they're not going anywhere. But we haven't really talked about what happened in the postgame press conference between Russell Westbrook and an L.A. Times reporter. Clinton, I would love to hear what you think about this. I know I got some strong opinions about it. Let's get there coming up. Plus, what you need to know is right around the corner. This is Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN.